Hello, and welcome to another edition of On the Inside Track. How do we know the best choices to make? And when we look back over our lives, how do we know the choices that have most influenced us from who we have been to who we are today? Join me as my guests and I explore defining moments from there to here on the inside track. I'm Debbie Hazelton. Hello and welcome to October edition of On the Inside Track. I am Debbie Hazelton, and um, this time I have a little bit more time to share, and usually I am just crunched to the max and don't have a chance to say much. I do have a couple of announcements, and I'll get to them shortly. Uh, my guest this month is someone that many of you know and have enjoyed for many years in his many roles and talents. I'm talking about Byron Lee, and um, just a real pleasure to have Byron here. I had been wanting to do this for a while. So first, though, I also want to give you a couple of announcements. Um, First of all, I have had a new well, not completely a website makeover, but I'm with a different host and uh, a different place for my domain, have moved from a shared uh, to a dedicated host. And somehow, (laughs) somehow in the midst of all this, um, all of my announced list got lost. And so if you were on my announced list, And or if you never were and you want to be, uh, you need to resubscribe. So the way to do that is to send a blank email to announce-request at debbiehazelton.com. And that's D-E-B-B-I-E-H-A-Z-E-L-T-O-N at debbiehazelton.com. Yeah, announce-request at debbiehazelton.com. And in the subject line, put the word subscribe. And if you are ever tired of that list, you do the same thing, a blank email to announce-request at debbiehazelton.com and put unsubscribe in the subject line. There is an approval uh, in case it's a spam artist (laughs) or something like that, and in which case those won't be approved. Um, And let's see. The other thing that is important to note in this is that this was the first time that I used Zoom. Zoom is a interesting platform. I'm real excited about it. It's, for me, going to take the place of using Skype, And um, I think it's bringing a great deal of ease to any of us who are doing interviews and 
just want to provide a variety of platforms for people. Some who don't have Skype can just use the phone if they want to call in and participate. And for some who uh, have the ability to use video, then that's a cool thing for meetings and other appointments and different things. So I really like Zoom. That being said, um, I made the mistake of using my AirPods for recording with Byron. And Byron sounds great, Mr. Sound Guy. Um, I should have said, I should have said, how do I sound? And he might have very kindly said, well, <laughs> you might want to use something different. Um, I got to check out and see how my own iPhone microphone is. But because um, I hear a lot of times when I'm on the phone with people, if I'm just using that, that it doesn't sound that great. So there could be something up there with that microphone. But the AirPods aren't good for doing recordings. And so I am going to be playing around with how I want to do that better. And I apologize. What I did was I re-recorded some of the questions and conversation using this mic. And then at other points in this, I just left it the way that it is because it's just a lot of extra work to record every single one of those. But it also, you get the feel of the back and forth conversation. So you get a mixture here. <laughs> anyway, I have known Byron probably since I started doing podcasting and exploring the world of podcasts back in 2000. Five, four and five, I think it was right around that time. And I remember hearing Byron and thinking, wow, he is so funny and so talented. And uh, I knew that he was a good friend of Rachel's and Larry's and is still a good friend of, of theirs. And so uh, I was pretty crazy about him. I just thought the world of him, and I still do. Um, we all spent some time together at a couple of different conventions and uh, rooming together and, you know, just hanging out. And and so I often call Byron Byronian <laughs> or Byronicus. <laughs> Those are two of my names for him. And we just, you know, you know how when you hang out around people, you have some little jokes. and But Byron has really been someone that I think many people have come to appreciate quite a bit for his hard work and his uh, talent, his technology ability with technology and radio, and um, his sense of humor and playfulness, his kindness as an individual, good goodness. And uh, so I think um, you'll enjoy this. Let's go to hear Byron Lee. Thanks for being here. Hey, Byron, it's great to have you on this show. I've been looking forward to this for a while, and we will be talking about your early childhood and things about your background. And you're one who has a fair amount of vision. Isn't that right? Yeah. So my eye condition is called optic nerve hypoplasia. And mm -hmm. so my vision is 2200. 
So that means essentially if a sighted person is 200 feet away, they can see the chalkboard just fine. But I would have to be 20 feet away to see that same chalkboard. And my, my vision issue is, uh, stems from underdeveloped optic nerves. And with that mm. comes like a, a pituitary gland deficiency and thyroid gland deficiency. So, uh, you know, people will hear the sound of my voice and go, gosh, you sound young. I'm like, well, it'll surprise mm-hmm. you to hear that I'm a 36-year-old guy. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's kind of what my disability and, and visual acuity is all about. When I was born, they, they figured out that I was, you know, that my, that my vision was impaired. And so they took me to the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota, which is kind of weird because that's where I am now. That's, you know, I, I was born in Arizona uh, and I went to Minnesota to have my eyes looked at and have them figure out what was wrong with them. And also my dad is from Minnesota. So that's kind of weird because that's where I live and work now. <laughs> so it's oh, kind wow. of you know, full circle, you know? Mm. That is wild. Wow. Yeah, totally wild. Mm. So it, it, it's, it's strange how, um, you know, you're, you can start life, you know, like your, your family can start life at a, a certain place and you sort of uh, come full circle and, and, and wind up right where they started off at. Yeah. You know, it's like the start- What an interesting confirmation, affirmation that you are in the right place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of weird that I wound up in oh. the Midwest, you know, when my dad started off here. That is incredible. Yeah. Did you think about that? Were you thinking about that when you knew you wanted to be there or when you were applying? Did that correlation occur to you? When I was a kid, I always knew that I wanted to be in a big city uh, where there was lots of transportation and lots of services available and things like that. And I I was raised in Phoenix, Arizona, a pretty big city. The transportation was okay at the time in the, in the, you know, 80s and 90s, it was, it was okay, but you could sit out there and wait for an hour for a bus. And I wanted to live somewhere that had buses and trains every 15 minutes. And so I thought I was going to wind up, you know, like in New York or Los Angeles or something. And um, I, I uh, wound up moving to Louisiana for a girl and that didn't work out. And then I moved to Mm -hmm. Iowa to live with a friend of mine. And I was there for about six months. And then I got you know, horribly bored because it was a town of 500 mm. people. Mm. So then I, I moved to Macomb, Illinois, which was a, a Midwest. Um, th- there's a low power FM radio station out in Macomb. Mm-hmm. It's run by our friends, Tom and Daryl. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then I moved to Chicago and wound yeah. up working for Horizons mm-hmm. for the Blind. And then I finally wound up here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where so I work for state services for the blind. So. That is so incredible. And I know, knowing you, you learned a lot along the way. I did. Well, I've seen you over the years kind of remind me of me. You're learning a lot from people and from kind of feeling different things going on inside and bringing that new learning out into the world. So I can can just imagine you building your, well, sense of wisdom along the way, kind of figuring things out as you go. Yeah, yeah. I, so I've always thought, you know, school is important and school is something that you, that you should 
do and and you know kids stay in school um but mm-hmm. at the same time you you got to get out there and you got to experience life and you can't learn everything in life out of a textbook and mm-hmm. so i'm you know i'm very proud to say that i've gone out and lived a life and and experienced lots of different things and i didn't stay at home you know um just just experiencing my small town or you know my li- my limited corner of the universe i got out and, and mm-hmm. tried lots of different things and you have to not be afraid to get out there and try lots of different things mm-hmm. you know you mm-hmm. might you might wind up falling flat on your face with nowhere to live but you also might wind up landing yourself a really cool job or meeting some yep. really cool people so you just gotta sometimes you have to take that leap of faith and try it mm-hmm. yeah well i can see that i could see you just being aware of the feeling tone of others beyond what people would say and just being aware of feelings and of your own and others around you. And I could easily see you being one who might have gone into the psych field. It's just a natural part of who you are and how you are in the world that I've always appreciated about you. Thank you. I'm sure your people's skills are a huge asset to what you're doing now. And let's bring others up to speed. What are you doing now? Because it's interesting. And one day you actually called me looking for something that you wondered if hazelnuts had done it. And we are going to make that happen. I do have somebody set up to do it. But anyway, let's fill others in on this, (laughs) on what you're actually doing now. So what I do primarily is I, I work with seniors, uh, teaching them how to use their technology. And, you know, that, that requires a lot of patience and mm-hmm. it requires um, a lot of you know, people skills because so many mm-hmm. technological people, nerds, geeks, as I like to say, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of us don't have those people skills. We're really talented in our, in our field, you know, but, but, you know, computers are primary and, and people are kind of secondary and so you don't find a lot of people in the technology field that have, you know, that sort of empathy or whatever. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so I try to remember when I'm describing a technological problem to people or, or trying to help them learn how to use a computer that the person has to come first. And sometimes they're not going to understand how to double click something or how, you know, how to flick or how to double tap mm-hmm. or whatever. And, you know, mm-hmm. so you you have to you have to be willing to go at their own pace and not get frustrated when they're not going at the same speed as you, and and that's really hard, especially when it's something really simple like how to flick or how to double tap on an iPhone. And I see you as someone who just naturally has that ability, just puts people first, and it's. It's, uh, it speaks to your credibility. It speaks to what you bring uh, to what you do. I bet it was a huge part of why they wanted you there. And I'm not really sure where that came from, to be honest with you. I, I think it had something to do with the fact that, that I had kind of a, um, a stressful family life, you know? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and so... Uh, you know, my my parents did a great job raising me, but at the same time, I saw things uh, that I 
I saw things that that I didn't want to be in in my adult life. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. that um, I was kind of looking at, you know, the way that they do things and going, "Gosh, I I don't want to do things that way." Um, yeah. So in a way, they they kind of taught me through osmosis. Um, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I feel like, you know, being in, in radio and and radio is primarily a people thing, a people place that merging of technology and, and talking and, and just like communicating with people, radio has kind of brought a lot of that out in me as well. Yes, and you told me that you wanted to talk about radio and how you got into it. And, and I do see that as such a strength of yours. And actually, as I'm thinking about this, I also see that as probably a big part of you bringing the fun and the sort of candid and kind of, oh, I don't know, crazy, funny, just being natural as a something that you want others to feel okay about, being natural, being oneself and having fun and maybe not taking life so seriously. Let's talk about radio. When I first ran across you or had a chance to experience you, it was from your podcast. And I just remember feeling that you were just hilarious and super talented with sound and just really great at putting it all together in that radio kind of, um, that radio kind of, uh, vernacular. I know you love mixing lots of sound. I do. Yeah. When I was a little kid, um, that, that all sort of started out with, with my parents getting me a Fisher Price tape recorder, you know, it had a little microphone (laughs) and it, it had a little tape player on it and you, you could talk over the tape and make silly noises along with it. And it, it had a recorder too. So I started, you know, recording all these little podcasts, if you will, long mm-hmm. before they became podcasts where I'd walk mm-hmm. around and I would talk to my sister or my dad or my mom or my best yeah. friend. And, you know, I, I still it. have, I still have one of these tapes actually from the, from the 80s where I'm walking around with the Fisher Price recorder and, you know, learning how to handle a microphone and that kind of stuff. And it just sort of stemmed from there. You know, I, I realized, man, I, I want to get into radio, like, you know, playing my favorite music and telling jokes and just being weird on the radio seemed like something that would be a lot of fun to do. And so from, from childhood, that's just something I've always been crazily fascinated with. That is just so cool. So even when you were little, you were just having fun with recorders and sounds. And I did too. That was really, really amazing to record all kinds of things and all kinds of voices. And then later on, I'm sure that was interesting when you got into mixing. So, um, so you know, uh, the internet came around um, when I was just exiting my teens and, um, you know, the internet radio became popular. And so I went out into Radio Shack and I bought, you know, a four channel mixer and a, a desktop microphone, a real piece of junk. And, <laughs> and I was, <laughs> and I was doing my, my uh, internet radio show, the, the sort of the infant version of it, 
on Live 365 way back in the in the early wow. 2000s. And oh my gosh! Did yeah, you, you remember those bad old days? Yes. Do you remember? Yep. Do you, did you have to pay to be on Live 365? I did oh have to pay. God. This was before they were charging. This was at the very oh, beginning where man. it was free. Yeah, oh I had a. Oh my gosh! So I could stream to my little channel, and then and then as soon as the show was over, it would record it, so it would play it back, and so it was a twenty-four hour loop of of the oh. show and and other you know previous shows that were saved, and oh and so you would gosh. tune in. <laughs> you could, and I remember when I was you know I would go to like Fries or Best Buy or something, and I would go to my website. And and play you know hit play on the live three sixty five page and then walk away <laughs> from the computer and just leave it there and see if anybody heard it yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> oh I know I oh I love it oh, so funny so that so that kind of grew into um into an actual thing so I was listening to uh, this this thing called the Radio Free Dish Nuts Wookie Satellite Radio Network back in the. Uh, late 90s and early mm-hmm. 2000s and our friends Tom and Daryl and and uh, Jim Pemberton and, yep. and a few other people you know they were they were all on this satellite network and internet radio station and so uh, Jim Pemberton gave me a chance to be a fill-in host over Thanksgiving weekend 1999 oh. I think it was Mm-hmm. And I was still living in Arizona and I'm, you know, doing this on my computer and my cheapy Radio Shack mixer and my desktop <laughs> microphone. And he lets me go on the air over Thanksgiving weekend. And it's the first time I'm actually on the real radio. And, oh my gosh. <laughs> and uh, throughout the years, he, you know, he just gave me more chances, let me get on mm-hmm. Q&A some more. And then when he became the program director of uh, ACB radio, uh, he let me get a show on interactive. And so I was doing the fun zone there. And then the talk zone was on ACB radio mainstream for quite a while. And um, then I started doing these podcasts called Byron's journal. Like you were mentioning. I remember. Yeah. 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 And so then I started doing audio drama, um, colonial radio theater and darker (laughs) projects and a few other um, either amateur or professional uh, radio drama companies that I got involved with where I was mixing uh, the dialogue in with the music and the sound effects and everything. Oh my and that gosh, was kind of my the other people made, the other people made them. So yes. you were putting them together. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they would, so darker projects was a volunteer one. And that was where, you know, people from all around the country would record dialogue from the scripts. And then I was given the script with all the sound cues they wanted and I would stitch all the audio together and my friend Chris Snyder, um, you know, told me about that particular gig and, and, and sort of got me involved in mm-hmm. that. And after I did a few episodes with Darker Projects, he said, hey, I've got a paying gig with Colonial Radio Theater. And you can, uh, if you want, you can put together the King, Solomon Mine, King Solomon's Mines audio dramatization for Colonial Radio Theater. And so I started doing that. And I was editing audio for like 12 hours a day. And, oh, um, my gosh. You want to talk about grueling. It takes about Ooh. an hour to get one minute of audio. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah. of so much cleanup? Yeah. You know, well, cleaning it up and then putting sound effects over it oh, and yeah. trying to, mm-hmm. you know, like if you want them to all sound like they're in the same room, then you have to apply the same sound effect and you have to apply... Yeah. 
you know, spatial audio to it. You know, so it's, it, it, there's a lot of work involved in there just getting everything to sound right. Putting different atmosphere in for certain mm-hmm. things. And, oh, my gosh. Right. Yeah, and that's then, huge. And then remembering which sound effect you used for which, because when they do flashbacks or they go back to some place they were before, it's got to sound the way it was before. So you got to remember mm. which, what footsteps did I use and which background noise oh. did I use and which reverb set did I use. And it's, uh, it's a lot of work. And what software were you using back then uh, to do that kind of stuff? So back then I was using, um, so I was using Adobe Audition, but I would sometimes use Goldwave or SoundForge, uh, depending yep. on the task I was trying to accomplish. I was, I was on Twitter a couple weeks ago saying that um, Jeff Bishop had, had decided to upgrade his SoundForge. And for a long time, he and I were the only ones I knew that were still using SoundForge 8. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> And and then there were a few people like Brian Harjan and mm-hmm. somebody else who spoke up and said they love that version of SoundForge still. It was good. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. And, you know, some see, the thing is software does tend to, sh- uh, you know, jump the shark. You yep. know, you, you've got software that was good back in its day, and then they introduced yep. the ribbon, and then they introduced <laughs> some other yes. junk, and it's just like, bleh. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Yep. And I, Yeah. Well, I have Almadeos, and I'm, I keep saying, "Okay, I really need to learn this for the for the Mac." But, but yeah, you know, uh, wow, what a what an interesting training ground for you. Yeah. I mean, and a ground of building your reputation so that other people could see your work. Yeah, and, and it led to it led to all kinds of you know opportunities for me, like. Um, you know, I, I was doing, so one of the things I just kind of wanted to impart to people is, is volunteer. Do a lot of volunteer. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're on social security and you're fresh out of college or high school and you're trying to find a job and you're just like, it's hopeless, I can't find anything, you got to put yourself out there. And yeah, you might have to do a whole bunch of work for free and you might not even be thanked for it, but you know, the best way to get recognized out there and to find paying gigs is to do a bunch of stuff for free. And, you know, so for example, um, I was, I was the, um, I was the coordinator for ACB radio for new talent uh, for quite some time for interactive. (laughs) So yes, you got me. (laughs) Yep. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So, You know, that was, that was a lot of fun because people would say, I want to be a DJ on the radio. And so you, we, I would help them get set up uh, with Shoutcast or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and, and I would eat lots of headsets trying to get people going. But once they were up and running and uh, on the air, then we would do an audition and I would listen to what they were, you know, what they sounded like. And we would have a bunch of people from uh, ACB radio, mm-hmm. listen in and, and see if they, you know, if the talent was good and if they were, then we would offer them a slot on yep. the, on the station. And, um, so that was just one example of a volunteer gig that I got. Um, and, and, uh, you know, like other things like, uh, for example, I did the sound for a documentary about Captain Crunch, who is a legendary phone freak. I did the sound and grip oh. work for this documentary and, and, uh, Unfortunately, oh. it never got released, and I never got paid for it. But I got to meet one of my childhood heroes, Captain Crunch. So that was really cool. Oh, oh my gosh! I never knew that. And yeah. what 
what you know what's so great about all that is that mm -hmm. you get to then list it on your resume you know that's right yeah and sometimes you can get letters of uh, commendation from these people so as a matter of fact my work um with with um you know doing conventions for ACB you know, doing the, you know, laying, like laying the audio cables and mm -hmm. putting, changing the batteries and the microphones and setting up all the <clears> gear and everything. So I was, I was trying to get letters of recommendation for this current job that I'm at, which is hopefully mm -hmm. the job I'm going to retire from because it's a yeah. great job. And we'll get to that a little bit, a little bit later. But um, the, I was doing the, uh, the audio for uh, the ACB, the ACB convention, the national convention, mm -hmm in 20 uh 2016 yeah yep. 2016 and um uh rick the guy that was kind of our fearless leader yeah um, rick morin rick mm -hmm. morin he gave me a recommendation and wrote a nice letter uh mm -hmm. for me and and uh was a reference for my current job. So oh, volunteering so cool. is a great way to get recommendations and to put things on your resume. You know, if, if you're between jobs and you've got a big gap between careers, you know, if you're shifting careers or whatever, volunteer in the field that you want to be in and just be un, you know, unapologetically ready to work for free. And the more you do that, the more they'll, people will realize that you're serious and hardworking and they'll want to hire you. Well, it really does set up a trail and helps for people to get that message that you're out there and you're available and that your work is good. Other people will stand up and say that. And I know that you have an excellent reputation. I know that when we were going to have you helping us in 2016, some of us were like, oh, yay, 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 Byron's going to be there, and what fun, but also Byron's going to be a huge help, and Rick didn't know you, he had never met you, but boy, it didn't take him long to learn and come to really appreciate you, so that was just really very, very wonderful, very cool how it turned out. And I felt really bad that I wasn't able to be there for, for 2017, because uh, I got I got hired and and so mm -hmm. I didn't have enough vacation days for me to just go off and do a convention again. Um, so maybe next year. But I felt so bad. I, I was like knowing how hard it was in 2016 oh. with all the stuff going mm -hmm. on. I was like, man, I yeah. wish I could have been there. Oh, I know. I'm sure uh, yeah. that they did. I didn't. I wasn't there, but I'm sure they did also wish that and. You do uh -huh. the work of like. Six I'm sure people. they wish that you were there too because you did a lot of work. You <laughs> you were did. constantly recording events yeah. and stuff, and it was nuts. <laughs> it was. Yeah. But I I think you do the work for six people really and truly. So. Um, well, it's it's you know. fun. You have to you have to really enjoy the work you do. Um, you know, if <laughs> you can't you can't. I'm gonna try to figure out a way to clean clean up this. I I read a book. Uh, not too recently that was on audible and the title is the subtle art of not giving an F. <laughs> oh, okay. And um, it's, <laughs> and it's did it really say F or did it say the word? It said the word, but I you okay. know, figure family right. friendly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's right. So, but the book essentially talks about um, not worrying so much about the small stuff. 
And if mm-hmm. you are going to have to deal with poo, I'll just rephrase, I'll, I'll change the word. If you are going to deal with poo, then deal with the poo that you like to deal with and let someone yeah. else who likes to deal with the poo that you don't like, let them deal yeah. with that poo. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? So yeah. I like running around and, and setting up audio equipment. I like dealing with, you know, slogging through technological nightmares. I like being under pressure, mm-hmm. trying to, you know, we have an, we have an, uh, an event that starts in 15 minutes and you're on the other side of the hotel and they have no equipment set up in the room whatsoever <laughs> and they need it now. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and yeah, I mean, I don't think you ever got ruffled. I mean, I could tell maybe once or something, you know, like, okay. Byron's tired, but even yep. when you're, you know, you're for you being tired means it. It does didn't usually mean it was time to go to sleep. It usually meant it's time to go have some fun. You know, yep. <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Yep. 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 Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is excellent. I think I've heard of that book too. I'll have to. It's good, and it, you know, mm-hmm. just it, it's not safe for work, or it's not family friendly, but but it has <laughs> a lot of interesting philosophies, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's worth the read, especially if you're on Audible. Um, you know, that you can get it there. I think it's on. Oh, it's actually on Bard now too. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's good. Good stuff. That's cool. That is great. Mm-hmm. So here you are in this in 2017, and your life is totally different now. Completely different. Um, so this time last year, I was living in Illinois, and uh, I had been working for um, an organization called Horizons for the Blind. Mm-hmm. I loved working at Horizons for the Blind, and they they have an awesome um, set of programs and and services. So I I got. What happened was I had volunteered to go to the ACB convention and and work with you guys on setting up all the audio stuff. And uh, so I took some vacation time and I, I went to Minneapolis and uh, I went to the BITS luncheon one day. It's the Blind Information mm-hmm. Technology Specialists luncheon. Yeah. And uh, my friend Chris Peterson, who is from Minneapolis, and myself, were, you know, we were just we were like maybe a minute before the event was supposed to start. And so seating was tight and we showed up with our tickets and they found a table for us. And we just so happened to be sitting right next to none other than David Tanner. And you might recognize that name from main menu. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so I'm sitting next to David Tanner and my friend Chris starts talking to him and it soon he dawns, it dawns on him that, Hey, this is the guy that gave me my tech eval when I was in high school. Mm. So they're, they're talking and stuff. And then it, uh, suddenly it comes out from David that there is a job opening at state services for the blind in Minnesota. And so, so Chris is, hmm? David gave the tech eval to this other guy or was it the other way around? Uh, David gave the tech eval for, okay, for to this Chris. Other guy. Yeah. Okay. So okay. my friend so Chris. Got really, yeah. Yeah. So so David, um, who works for SSB, he starts talking about this job and uh, just job op- opportunity um, in the senior services unit, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, well, Chris seems interested in the job, so I'm just going to sit back. I'm not going to, you know, horn in on his opportunity. So Chris is like, 
well, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of, um, uh, what kind of degree do you have to have for this particular job? And, you know, what, what kind of work does it entail? And the more I'm listening to David talking about this job, the more I'm going, yeah, ooh, that's me. Ooh, that's mm. me. Ooh, 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 I would qualify for that. But I'm thinking, yeah. well, it's in Minnesota. I don't live in Minnesota. Chris does. I'm just going to leave it. And, he, you know, he's probably going to get a job. So then Chris goes, well, Byron over here would really be great for that job. Hey, Byron, you oh. should apply. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so, oh, it's so perfect. So after the bits luncheon is over, Chris goes, you should just go call, um, you know, the, the guy who, who's in charge of that division right after this luncheon and just ask to speak with them and tell them that you're interested. So I, I call Ed Letcher, who's the head of senior services unit at State mm. Services for the Blind in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, my name is Byron Lee, and I'm here at the Minneapolis uh, ACB convention. I just met David Tanner, and he told wow. me about your position, and I'm really interested in taking this job. And, and so he said, you know, uh, we, would love to, we would love to meet you. We're going to post this job online very shortly. So, you know, uh, here's where you go to apply when it comes on, you know, when it goes online, um, you know, send your resume and, and fill out the application and everything and, and we'll see what happens. So, so the entire time, you know, during this convention, I'm with, you know, David and, and Larry and Rick mm-hmm. and, you know, and, yeah. and, oh my God, I'm, I'm just like, guys, what if I got this job? What if I got this job? Oh my God. Oh, oh yeah. And, you know, I was, I was kind of worried about um you know what about my current what about my current job yeah yeah yep I you know I was was like hemming and hawing you know what about my current job you know you know what what if I upset somebody if I leave or you know what what if what if it doesn't work out and I fall flat on my face and (laughs) you know I was scared I was like I don't know if I want to do this or not you know Mm -hmm. so and you remember I was really antsy about it oh I remember so um and we were all like yay byron go for it you were you guys were like you should yeah. try it just see what happens yeah. just go for it yeah 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 i knew you yep. get it i mean what what crazy person wouldn't hire you oh so oh. um so what i what happened is i so i sort of left out a little bit about my my work history so one of the one of the things that uniquely qualifies me for this job is that um, in you know ACB members um, and other blind people from or- other organizations and just blind people from mailing lists and various other places who I know would ask me, "Could you come over and help me with your with my computer?" And mm-hmm. a large number of them happened to be seniors, and so I already knew from a very young age that I was really good, you know, at working with mm-hmm. people on yeah. computers, especially those who are kind of beginners, you know, newbies, mm-hmm. and. And and for whatever reason, especially seniors. And so um, when this job was being described, I was just like, I could so see myself mm-hmm. doing this job. And um, I love it. Yeah. So that so I went in for the interview. A um, couple of months, well, about a couple of months later, they wanted to do a phone interview. They must have liked what they heard. So I went in for an actual physical interview. They paid the expenses and flew you in. Uh, they, they, well, I bust in because it was from Chicago and it wasn't that far, uh-huh. but oh, okay. so you'll, you'll love this. Um, so 
I left on uh, Thursday night from Chicago, and I got there at 6 a.m. Friday morning. I barely slept on the bus whatsoever, <laughs> uh, and I, I, went, I took an Uber to the Walmart so I could like, get cleaned up and have something to eat, and then I took another Uber to the, to the job interview. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really tired at this point. I'm exhausted, <laughs> and I just do not feel like 100%. So I just came in, <sighs> and I opened with, I was on a bus for nine hours to get here. So if you guys like what you see today, then I'm a hundred percent, you know, better than what you'll see today. <laughs> that is um, so cool. <laughs> yeah. So I, I came in, I did the, uh, the interview and I, I showed this lady how to use the iPad. Um, they, they basically had a pretend, they had a pretend client there and, and the, the, the point was to see how I interacted with this, with this mm -hmm. pretend teaching subject. Mm -hmm. And um, so it turns out what they were looking for, one of the key things they were looking for is, is he going to grab the iPad and just show the person how to do it? Or is he going to sit back and guide the person verbally through it and let them do everything? And that's what I did. I didn't even touch the iPad the entire time. Mm -hmm. And I found out later after I got the job, they said that was one of the big things that we were impressed by is that you didn't even touch that iPad once. Oh, wow. Because oh. it's like, you know, that's, that's your job to learn how to use it. And it's my job to, to walk you through it. And, you know, you got to be the one to be hands-on, not me. Oh. So. Oh. Yeah, and you so, were just um, naturally doing what you do, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Did you have exciting. to? Well, could you see it to know how big it was? If you know, if it was a mini or a regular or. A um. So the one thing that threw me off was, you know, I have an iPhone and I don't have mm -hmm. an iPad. Um, okay. And I've worked with plenty of iPads, but but I don't have one, and so we're you know the the, the test is email. Right. So we're, mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, so if you, if you touch the lower right hand corner, this should be a compose button. Well, that's where it is on the iPhone, but that's not where it is on the <laughs> iPad. <laughs> so that was kind of throwing me off a little bit. So how'd you get around it? Um, oh, so when she just was feeling around uh, near the bottom right hand corner, I said, okay, I'm, uh, you know, I'm thinking it's probably going to be, you know, most buttons are in the lower left mm -hmm. or right or the upper left or right button up, you know the upper left right corner the lower right hand corner blah 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 yeah so i'm thinking okay well it's not where i thought it was so why don't we just start from the beginning of the app you know we're just gonna put take two uh, four fingers we're gonna tap the top of the screen uh -huh. so we're at the very top and then we're gonna Excellent. flick with one finger from the left to the right until we hear the word compose and Excellent. it was in the upper right hand corner and we found oh. it so. <laughs> I but love it, it. So that one of the things is, you know, when you're doing your interview, and believe me, I, I only know this because I went through it, you know, is if you make a fatal mistake like that, don't let it ruin the rest of the, the interview or don't let it, don't let it stress you out too much because no one is born knowing every single thing and people are bound to make mistakes because we're human it's you know really about how you recover from that mistake rather than oh i screwed up and now they're judging me and i'm gonna just freeze and freak out and i'm not gonna get through the rest of this interview and oh my god perfect perfect because yeah. yeah i was sitting here thinking about that very thing thinking how would i feel you know i'd probably mm -hmm. feel like oh no <laughs> yeah but you handled it so well you just 
you know, you ameliorated the situation and you yep. found a win-win. The key, you know, the, the one of the really important things to remember is that, you know, you're not born knowing everything and, mm -hmm. um, and you're going to make mistakes. And the fastest way to get around that is, you know, like how, how often have you made a mistake and been tempted to pretend like you knew what you were doing and just kind of <laughs> BS your way around it, you know? Yep. Like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I meant to do that. I meant um, to do that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yep. So, you know, if you <laughs> just go, that. Oh, uh, well, I guess it's not in the spot where I thought it was. Let's try mm -hmm. something else. Yeah, and yep. then you just kind of, you know, then people sort of realize that there's a human aspect to yourself and that you don't necessarily know everything. So that makes you a little more human. <laughs> but, um, you know, then, you know, people you know, will realize that you're not super full of yourself and you, you know, you do have some weaknesses, you know, mm -hmm. which is not necessarily a bad thing. I don't think. No, I don't think so. I think mm -hmm. that's, yeah, uh, it's, we're often way too hard on ourselves, you know? Oh, absolutely. Thinking. Yeah. Um, so you're happy with the job. I love and, my new job. Yep. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really, you know, working for the state uh, has its perks, you know, good medical insurance and retirement and mm -hmm. you know, um all that all that good stuff and I'm saving money for the first time, you know, cuz I used to live from paycheck to paycheck and uh mm -hmm. you know, paying off credit card debt that I had racked up earlier mm -hmm. in life and just, you know, kind of enjoying um you know, the professional uh, assistive technology specialist lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that is super good. And what are you doing in radio now? Are you you're doing still some podcasts and shows or what? what? Well, um, so I'm still doing um, I'm still doing my comedy related music show, um, The Fun okay. Zone. And so, okay. um, you know, stuff like Weird Al and Spike Jones and Stan mm -hmm. Freeberg and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm on Dementia Radio, which is uh, DementiaRadio.org and um, the Beyond Radio Network, TBRN.net. It's also a podcast on ByronLee.com. Okay, then I've also, had that for a long time. Okay. Yeah, ByronLee.com. I've had that since like 2003. <laughs> Wow. So, yeah. And then I'm I'm doing podcast. I haven't really done any podcasts uh, mm -hmm. lately. Like it's been about a year since yeah. I've done a podcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, you're the first one to get me after the job. All right. Wow. Yeah. Well, I feel really honored. <laughs> Let me tell you. I, you know, I knew that I wanted to have you on here for a while. And I, I know we talked about it for a little while, but I just, I know, you know, you got somebody new in your life and you're in this new job and you're mm -hmm. traveling at times and it's just, it's just a lot. It's a whole different life. So you're probably uh, much busier. Oh, t definitely. Another, you know, another aspect of my life that's changed completely since last year is that I've, I've started um, dating and I'm now engaged to uh, a, a girl named Rachel um, and she lives in Townsville, Australia. And um, when she was living in Sydney in April, I went out there to go see her and we're working on uh, either me going out to see her again in November or potentially just saving until we have enough to get her here. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's completely changed my life as well because, you know, uh, being in a long distance relationship is, is, is a, a much bigger commitment than, mm -hmm. you know, um, 
face to face sometimes because you got to spend a lot of time on the phone just just to sort of feel connected where you know you're you're in person and you can you know hold hands and stuff and you know that'll do you Mm -hmm. for that'll do you for a day but on you know on the phone (laughs) long distance you know it's like you you want to be with each other a lot more um Mm -hmm. so that that takes up a lot of my time but I'm not complaining because I enjoy it (laughs) yeah so you met her when did you finally when did you meet her was Uh, it before or after Minneapolis it was actually a couple of weeks. It was actually a week or two before I went to Minneapolis for the convention. Uh-huh. So I okay. was sort of still getting to know uh-huh. her during the convention. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. In fact, she yeah. just yeah, that buzz you just heard probably yep. was her messaging me saying that okay. she's off to work. She it's like seven o'clock in the morning there, and she's heading oh off to her gosh. job. So. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just so happy you know, that you have each other. And I think she's pretty lucky. <laughs> well, I'm pretty and, lucky uh, too. I'm really, yeah, I'm well, really that's happy. So wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, but your life has changed a lot. And it and has, and so, you know, it's, you know, there's been some scary moments, some should eyes or sh- shouldn't eyes, uh, you know, mm-hmm. should I move? Should I leave home? Should I leave Arizona and go to Louisiana mm-hmm. and live with some girl? You know, maybe I shouldn't have done mm-hmm. that, but I did. You know, should I move to, you know, should I move to Illinois and go work for a radio station? You know, should I move to Chicago and, and go work for Horizons for the Blind? Mm-hmm. Should I leave my job at Horizons and go work for state services in Minnesota? And it, every time I made the leap, it, it was not easy. There was lots of mm-hmm. second guessing myself and, and being scared to make the leap and not wanting to hurt people's feelings by leaving and, and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. But yeah, I would say in the long run, it's been worth it. I love it. Well, I think that's great. And mm-hmm. it just says a lot about who you are to have the the core of who you are to bring to these different situations to be able mm-hmm. to make it work. And, you know, I mean, like you've said, I mean, everything isn't always exactly the way you've wanted it, but you've learned mm-hmm. along the way. And I bet they were surprised that when you were leaving that other job, I bet they were. They were. And, and I'm, you know, I'm sad to, I'm sad to have left it. Um, you know, I, I miss the people there and, mm-hmm. you know, I miss the, you know, I miss the, um, this, my life was a lot more simpler at that other job. And, and in some ways mm-hmm. I miss being in a smaller town, but mm-hmm. you know, man, I, I love being in a bigger city and I love the convenience and, you know, the, oh. you know, the pay increase isn't too bad either. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, the, there's, there's, a, there's, it's hard, you know, you get yourself in a comfort zone, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you're, mm-hmm. maybe you're on subsidized housing. And if mm-hmm. you get a job, you could lose your subsidized housing or, you know, maybe you're on SSI. And if you get a job, you might lose your social security mm-hmm. check or, you know, you're living with your parents. Yeah. And if you get a job, they might kick you out, you know, it's it's not easy to to jump out of the mm-hmm. nest and make that mm-hmm. leap, and you could it could all flop over and not work out. But mm-hmm. think about what could happen if it does work out. You know? Yeah. Well, I bet that spirit is part of what you give your students, and they I'm, I'm sure they're you know they're crazy about you, both your employers and students. So. Yeah, um, students don't like it when it's time for me to wrap things up with them. You know, we you know, we get so many hours that we can vent yeah. with students, and they're not yeah. too happy when it's time for me to wrap things mm-hmm. up because we've 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 achieved the goals that they had in mind. And mm-hmm. you know, the, no, they don't want to leave. No, no, 
<laughs> yeah, I don't blame them. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, and I, I you know, them. I hate That's... letting, I hate having to say goodbye, but you know, it's, it's part of the job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and do you still see them around at all after that, or not at all? Sometimes I do. You know, if if they yeah. are, um, you know, if they go to meetings or if they mm-hmm. uh, go to events, you know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm uh, thinking about joining b- uh, blind darts, um, mm. and I'm thinking there's a blind bowling league, so I'm thinking about doing one or both of those. And so sometimes I run into people. Um, <clears throat> you know, it just depends on you know the ones that are further out, like out of state, not you know, like uh, in in. Princeton or St. Cloud or something. I might not run into those people so often, but it's happened a mm-hmm. few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, many congrats. Many, well, thank many you. Congrats. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, um, I'm proud of you and I'm always so glad to know you and great to cross paths when we get a chance. Totally. It's so, always fun. Thanks. Thanks well, thank so you, Debbie. I've, I've had a lot of fun. Yeah. Yay, I'm glad. Well, you have a good evening, whatever you're doing. Hope it I will. Well. I'm going to uh, probably talk to Rachel while she's on her way to work Yay. and then uh, watch a little TV. Tell her hello, and I'm happy for both of you. Byron, thank you for being with us this month on the Inside Track. You know, I think it takes a lot of courage for any of us to live consciously on that inside track of our lives. And I think of you as one who does that. And thank each of you who listen. Thank you for your support of ACB Radio in its many streams and many different hats that are worn around here. Stay tuned for the many other good shows and variety that comes to ACB Radio. And don't forget to thank ACB, the American Council of the Blind, for bringing us ACB Radio. You've been listening to On the Inside Track, defining moments from there to here. I'm Debbie Hazelton. Bye for now. 